Amen. Amen. Well, church family, let's turn in our Holy Bible, shall we? Take our Holy Bible and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 in a moment. And as you are, you are turning into your Holy Bible here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, I want to briefly address our radio listeners today, our radio listeners especially in Ajax. Radio listeners, I want to invite you to visit our Ajax Connect Church of the Nazarene, the, the congregation that we started just a couple of years ago, worships at the Cineplex Theater located at Salem and Kingston Road just across from Costco where some of you save money, we hope. The church services are on Sundays at 10 a.m. We have a wonderful minister there by the name of Pastor Yanni, and he would love to meet you. And so, especially to our radio listeners who don't have a home church in the Ajax area, please go and share a wonderful service with Pastor Yanni and our Connect Church of the Nazarene. Now let's get to the Word of God here in our sanctuary at Rosewood Church. We read in Acts chapter 2, the story of Pentecost. Last Sunday was Pentecost, and we started the message from this passage of Scripture, and today we're going to go into part 2. Part 2, and the message is entitled, Suddenly What the Holy Spirit Can Do in You and in Me. And here is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, say it with me, would you? Suddenly, say it again. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were, they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Of course they weren't drunk. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. My friends, in last week's message, part one, we discovered the first main truth that we focused on, and it was this. Here it is on the big screen. We said, suddenly, the Holy Spirit can give you and me power. That's what we said. In uh, Acts 2.2, on the day of Pentecost, the wind 
represented and represents supernatural, heaven-sent power. And what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit? What is his power for? Well, we're just, just doing a little review here. We said that the Holy Spirit's power helps us to be Jesus' witnesses. That's a large part of it. The Holy Spirit's power helps us to be courageous about our faith in Christ. God's Spirit helps us to be generous, unselfish. Well, to begin with, just before that, to perform miraculous signs, to perform miraculous signs and wonders, and to be generous, unselfish, and not self-centered. The Holy Spirit helps us as well to, uh, to be more united, to be united. All the believers were united in heart and mind, says the Bible. And God's Spirit helps us to persevere during tough times. That is a good summary of what God's Holy Spirit is able to assist you and me with, to give us power to, to see this happen and a whole lot more in our individual lives. We come now to today's beautiful second truth, and it is this. Second truth is this. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit can give you and me purity. Purity. This truth comes from what we read in verse 3, where in verse 3 it says, Acts 2, it says, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, what we need to understand is that fire, like wind, is often symbolic of the divine presence, God's presence. It is symbolic of the, the Spirit purifying, cleansing. In fact, in another place in the Bible, Malachi chapter 3, verse 2, speaks of the Lord as a refiner's fire, a refiner's fire. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 16, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Here it is. He, say it with me from the big screen, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and with fire. And Acts 2, verse 3, where we read earlier, says, Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. In other words, fire symbolizes what? Purity. It symbolizes purity. The Holy Spirit is the one who is able to purify, to cleanse our hearts, our lives. We, we are all born with a, a sinful nature and a tendency towards sin, towards wrongdoing. The good news is the Holy Spirit is able to cleanse us of that sinful nature. The Holy Spirit is able to do inside of us what needs to be done so that we have a, a pure heart, we have a pure heart, 
which results in having the right motives. Say the right motives with me. The right motives, and we do what we do for the right reasons. Amen? We do what we do for the right reasons. In Acts chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, the apostle Peter, while addressing, while addressing uh, or speaking to some Jews who had become believers in Jesus, Peter said to them and to us, he says this, he says, God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles, that's non-Jews, by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction, no distinction between us and them for he cleansed or purified, he cleansed their hearts through faith. He cleansed their hearts. Now, some of you are probably wondering, what are some examples? What are some examples of a heart or life? What are some examples of a heart that as yet has not been, has not been cleansed, has not been purified by the Holy Spirit? Well, we find the answer to that question in Galatians chapter 5 in the Bible. Galatians 5, beginning at verse 19, where it says this. It says, why don't you read it with me, in fact, from the big screen. But I want us to read it carefully. This is not reading just for the sake of reading. But I want us to really capture the truth of what is being said. So read it slowly with me. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. <clears throat> Sexual immorality, impurity, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Think about it. Think about what we just read and what you see on the screen. Reflect. Do some of these words describe your life in one way or another? Is it possible? Is it possible that you need God's Holy Spirit to purify to cleanse your heart, to cleanse your inward nature. When we allow God's Holy Spirit to really purify our inward makeup, to really purify our heart, the inward nature, the, the inward makeup of who we are, what are, what are some of the beautiful results? 
What are some of the beautiful results? Well, Galatians 5, 23 tell us the beautiful results. It's what you and I want to see in one another. It's you and I, what you and I want to see in our own hearts and lives, I believe. <clears throat> so slowly, once again, read Galatians 5, 23, which says, together in unison, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of your Bible translations may have it just a little bit differently and maybe say, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, and all the rest that we see. Now that, that's what you and I want to be filled with, isn't it? Right? What we just read are the qualities that you and you and you and you up in the balcony and you radio listeners and those on the internet, that's what we want in our lives. Is there an amen? amen. Louder. Amen. Right on. Right on. I want to tell you about a man who showed simple love, kindness, goodness, and gentleness towards a child. At the end of World War II, the city of London, England, was virtually in ruins from the war. Just out of curiosity, how many of you here have ever been in London, England? Can you just put your hand up? Let me just see. Wow, yes, a lot of you have been in London, England, and, uh, and I, I hope, I hope no, you were not there during the bombings, right? That, that's wonderful that you've been there, but, but what I want you to know, you probably know it, the London you saw the last few decades is a very different London from during World War II days. It has been rebuilt in an incredible way. But anyway, at the end of World War II, London was virtually in ruins from the bombings. Sadly, there were so many orphan, there were orphaned children who walked through the streets of London without any parents, and without a home. Many didn't know what to do with those precious children. One little boy, crippled by bombing blasts, was limping through the streets of London early one morning, and he was very hungry. In fact, he was starving. He came around a corner, he came around a corner, and he looked down, he looked down the foggy street where he saw a little light burning through the fog. And he could just barely see it. And he wondered, what's that? What's that? He, he walked up and discovered it was a donut shop. It was a donut shop. He got closer closer and closer to the donut shop, and the window was foggy. 
The window was smeared with, with handprints probably from other little boys and girls who were looking in at some point. It was hot on the inside of the donut store, but it was cold on the outside. And that little, little child saw them making fresh donuts, fresh donuts, and, and he thought, he thought, oh, you know, I'd love, I, I'd love to have one of those donuts. I wish I could have one of those donuts. He pushed his little nose against the window as he stared at the donuts. He was so hungry. An American newspaper reporter was inside. He was inside the donut shop, eating donuts, drinking coffee. And he saw the little boy with his face and the nose pressed against the window, looking in. The American newspaper reporter bought half a dozen hot donuts, and they were put in a paper bag. The reporter held the donut bag behind, behind his back, and he, he wandered outside, unknown and unseen by the little boy. The reporter put his hand on the, on the little guy's shoulder. He put his hand on the boy's shoulder, and, and the child looked up at him. And the reporter said, son, are you hungry? The little boy said, oh, I sure am, sir. Yes, yes, I'm very hungry. Would you like a donut? Yes, but I don't have any money, sir. I, I don't have any money, sir. The reporter took the donut bag, which he was hiding behind his back, and he gave it to the little boy and said, Son, here, have some donuts. Enjoy some donuts. The boy, of course, opened up the bag. He looked inside, and he saw those beautiful donuts. And then that child, that child looked up at the man's face and said, Mr., are you God? <laughs> Mister, are you God? When you and I have our hearts purified by the Holy Spirit, and we allow the Lord to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, you never know you never know the impact your life will make on someone. Amen? Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says this. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? My friends, suddenly, the Holy Spirit 
can fill your life and mine with his power. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit can bring about purity in us that only the Holy Spirit can make happen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, suddenly in your Holy Bible, we see, we see how you came upon those first century Christians and you gave to them power, power that resulted in many blessings some of which we have spoken of in last week's message and today. And Lord, we read of how you brought about purity and you can bring about heart purity in us. Lord, make us and mold us and transform us. We invite you, Lord, we invite you to fill us, to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit as you filled those first century Christians. And fill us, Lord, and, and bring about the power and the purity that only you are able to bring about. Let it happen. Lord, we see so much evil around our world and even within our own city our own community, and I am repeatedly reminded of the need for, for your Holy Spirit, for people to allow your Holy Spirit to bring about the purity, the cleansing power that only you can make happen. Make it happen, Lord, in our individual lives here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Make it happen, Lord, in the lives of our radio listeners and internet listeners. Make it happen, O oh God, so that truly we have Holy Spirit, power, and purity such that we honor you, we please you, and we experience the greatest blessings that you have available because of your power and purity. Fill us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.